How are women's heart needs different? How can women be heart healthy? And how does COVID-19 affect the heart? All that and more on this episode of The Healthiest You. Hi, it's Mike and Steph from B104. It's February, and this month is all about the heart. In fact, um, I just finished a heart-shaped box of chocolates before the show. Mm-mm. And Mike, let's get back to uh, the chocolate that you gave me over the holidays. Yes. Oh, delicious. <laughs> Liquor filled, shall I say? Did you did you find a favorite, or are they all very? good? They're all very good. Um, I did find that the dark chocolate ones uh, were definitely my favorite over milk chocolate. But mm-hmm. you know, that brings up an interesting question: uh, dark chocolate is it actually healthier for you than any other kind? You know, I, I'm a big fan of dark chocolate, and I mix that with a healthier nut, like maybe an almond, okay, or a cashew. Oh. It's a great little treat. But the question is really, are those things actually healthy for you? Is one of those myths that just rolls around and gives you an excuse to eat a lot of chocolate-covered stuff. <laughs> I'm happy to say that we have Lehigh Valley Heart Institute cardiologist, Dr. Deborah Sundloff on the show with us today, and she can settle this little dark chocolate debate for us. Dr. Sundloff, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And yeah, that is something that I'm asked actually pretty frequently, is dark chocolate better? But one question I have for you guys, do you guys think white chocolate is really chocolate? No. Never thought of it. But it's still good. I I agree with you. I agree. I think we got either milk chocolate or dark chocolate, which we should discuss. But you know, the, the truth is, is that dark chocolate does have some antioxidants in it, more so than the milk chocolate does. But the reality is, is anything in moderation is better. You really shouldn't be reaching for chocolate that's gonna lower your heart risk per se. If you're gonna have something sweet, some it just have it in moderation. So moderation, always the key. And why did you decide to become a cardiologist with a focus in women's heart care? You know, I uh, my mom is a, is a pediatrician. And initially I thought, you know, maybe I'll be a pediatrician. And then uh, going through medical school, you know, I did OB. And I thought people pulling people out of people, that's pretty cool. <laughs> but then I did cardiology and I really just fell in love with it. And you know, you really can affect a lot of lives through um, all different ages. And so I, I, you know, fell in love with it as a fourth year med student. And here I am, haven't regretted a day. You are one of the doctors with LVHN's Women's Heart Program, which makes me ask, how are women's heart care needs different? You know, it's amazing. There's um, a quote I'd like to say, it's a, it's a book actually, women are not small men. And it's, it's really true. There are big differences in, in gender and in race and in age and how we care for patients. But specifically with women, women have heart attacks for different reasons. They have different causes for heart attacks. They have different symptoms when they have heart attacks. And they have different outcomes as well. So it's really important when we talk about all the different aspects that we have to be aware of these differences. And as a physician, it's really important to to know how you're treating these patients and what those differences are. So can we start by talking a little bit about the differences in heart attacks that women can have compared to men? Sure. You know, um, when we think about a heart attack, we think about an older gentlemen having chest pain that, you know, they go to the hospital and they get a stent put in their artery. But women are much more likely to have a heart attack from something called SCAD, spontaneous coronary artery dissection, which is a tear of the artery, which is treated very differently 
than when there's a, a cholesterol blockage. Also, women can have something called Takasubo syndrome, which is a stress-induced heart attack that's seen really predominantly in women and younger women. Um, so that's those are things that we have to think about. And if women come in, we have to have a heightened awareness that they may not be your typical heart attack, but they may be something a little bit different. We need to identify them so we can treat them the way they need to be treated so they can have the best outcomes. Do you, do you feel these these differences in women are brought on by the way they're they're raised, the environment they're in, or is it a more of a physiology thing? I think it's more of a physiology thing, Mike. I mean, we know, I mean, one of the interesting things that we've seen is that if you take a, a transplanted heart from a woman and put it into a man's body, that heart will actually get bigger and the arteries will actually get bigger over time. So there is something different in a woman's body compared to a man's body that makes their heart actually different. So what are some of the signs that someone should see a cardiologist? That's a great question. So I always tell people, if you have any discomfort between your nose or navel, get it checked out. But you know, the typical signs and symptoms of a heart attack are substernal chest pain that's brought on by exertion, that's relieved with rest, and lasts between you know, 10 and 20 minutes. Women are more likely than men are to have atypical symptoms. Now I will say, I just wanna backtrack and say that heart disease is the number one killer of both men and women. Both men and women are most likely gonna have some sort of chest discomfort if they're having a heart attack. But women are more likely to have some atypical symptoms. Maybe it's not a pain in the chest. Maybe it's in the upper back or it's in the jaw. It may be in the arm. It's brought on more with emotion than with physical stress. And um, they may have more shortness of breath and nausea and vomiting, those other symptoms along with the chest discomfort. So a heightened sense of awareness. Now, we've been talking about the difference between men and women and the heart problems. What are some ways, are there universal ways where both sexes uh, can stay heart healthy? Absolutely. Um, Mike, I'm glad you brought that up. We know that it's really important for people to know their numbers, and those numbers are your blood pressure, your cholesterol level, your blood sugar, your body mass index, which is a calculation based on your height and your weight, as well as your waist circumference. We know that 80% of heart attacks can be prevented by modifying those risk factors and leading a healthy lifestyle, not even taking a pill, just having on a pair of sneakers and going out for a walk and maintaining those healthy habits of exercise, maintaining a healthy weight and eating a healthy diet and not smoking. Now, I heard about something called a silent heart attack, which sounds very scary. Um, can you explain exactly what that is? Yeah, that can, be, that can be scary when people hear about that. We usually see that in diabetics. A lot of times, diabetics don't feel the chest pain that most people will feel when they have a heart attack because their nerve endings aren't as healthy when they have uncontrolled diabetes. So that's why it's important if you're a diabetic, that you're seen by your doctor, your family doctor, your primary care, or your cardiologist regularly. And we will keep an eye out for signs or symptoms that we may see like on an EKG or on a stress test that may lead us to think, well, you're at risk for a heart attack. Speaking about being at risk, is age a major factor in men and women or is it different between men and women, and what age you should start really worrying about that? So um, there is no right age to start worrying about heart disease, but generally speaking, women will present 
um, a little older with their heart disease, about 10 years older than men, when they have their heart attack and they tend to have more comorbidities. We usually tell people to start modifying or start looking at their risk factors and trying to identify them as young as possible, but definitely at the age of 20. And every four to six years after that, you know, get a check what your blood pressure is, what your cholesterol is. I know for myself personally, I've had occasions where I've had food that then uh, gives me heartburn. And I can't imagine that the feeling that I'm having when I have heartburn, how it differs from having a heart attack. But is there something that you could say to that? Um, that's a great question, Stephanie. And yeah, you know, a lot of people that when they come to the emergency room and they're having chest discomfort, they're actually not having a heart attack, but we're glad they're there. You know, one of the most common things we confuse a heart attack with is indigestion or sometimes musculoskeletal pain. But if you're not sure if it's something different, if it's out of the ordinary, get it checked out. We will never make fun of you. We'll never ridicule you. We will check you out. We can identify risk factors then. We can plug you in with a great physician to continue to modify your risk factors as an outpatient. Uh, everyone's on, it's on everyone's mind right now, COVID-19. How does that affect people's heart and their heart health? Yeah, that's so. COVID-19, boy, that's really taken over our life, hasn't it? But um, fortunately, hopefully, there's the beginning of the end right now. But I will say that um, everything from uh, risk factors, we know that patients who have underlying heart disease, that is coronary artery disease, cardiomyopathy, or heart failure, are at higher risk to develop more severe COVID symptoms. Also, if patients are admitted with COVID, they are likely to have some sort of heart effect from it. We see a lot of arrhythmias, sometimes concomitant heart, congestive heart failure. So we work in concert with our infectious disease doctors and our lung doctors to help treat these patients. Also, also there's something you've probably heard of. It's called the long haulers or the long COVIDs. These patients who have had COVID but have um, are recovered but go on to have symptoms for months and months and months. And a lot of times these symptoms may be palpitations or chest discomfort. What we tell people is the time to get checked out is if your symptoms worsen over time, you're getting more short of breath, you have persistent chest discomfort, or you have palpitations or fainting, or you notice a bluish discoloration of your lips or fingers. That's when it's time to get it checked out. Uh, doctor, before we let you go, um, I've always been told as a child, left arm starts to go numb. That's a clear sign. Are these still signs that we should be going by? Are there other signs we should look for be having a heart problem? Mm -hmm. So everybody's symptoms may be a little bit different. Most commonly, it is chest discomfort. It can radiate down the left arm. But I've had people say it goes down both their arms or it goes across their back or it goes to their jaw. But if you're concerned, get it checked out. And certainly identify your risk factors with your family doctor, with your PCP. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Sunloff. Thank you so much for having me. If you would like to read more about the Women's Heart Program at Lehigh Valley Heart Institute, visit lvhn.org slash women's heart. And remember, be safe, be smart, and be the healthiest you.